You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. Well, Paul, our cyberpunk series continues. And um, I honestly, all I can say about this one is the Red Strings Club. Bloody wow, am I right? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally all I can really say to introduce this. I, I paused like like we actually hear the intro as well. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I do. Every moment of every day, it haunts me. Um, yeah, so I guess one thing I'll start off by saying is that this is kind of cheating. Granted, it wasn't deliberately cheating. Uh, we chose to review this game before either of us actually played it. We just kind of looked it up and said, like, hey, Cyberpunk, that looks classic style. So we decided on it. And playing it, it was kind of like, okay, well, this looks um, very classically inspired, but it doesn't really play classically inspired. It doesn't really come across like, oh, hey, this is such a throwback game, for better and worse. Uh, I'm just saying, I mean, if you ask me, for the better, uh, but I'm just saying, if people are going to, not, not that anyone ever corresponds with me regarding the show, but if anyone is to sort of think to themselves hey, while they're playing it, hey, why did those classic gamers guy review this? Uh, other than pixel art, doesn't really play like a classic game. It's not really um, inspired by anything old school. Well, yeah, you got me there. But um, it's great. It's a really good game. I got to say <laughs> that, you know, if, if the aesthetics alone is the only connection to classic gaming, then uh, uh, seriously, it, it does that even phenomenally phenomenally enough to uh, warrant us talking about it. Yeah, it really does. And it's, you know, it's a point and click and, and it's pixel art. So I feel like that that blanket statement there co- covers yeah. anything classic style. Because, you know, we'll, we'll pick it apart a bit, a little bit, get, get bloody tucked into this thing. But, but uh, you know, again, just a, a point and click at heart. We're literally pointing and clicking with pixel art. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's classic enough. Well, I it's, mean, it's point and clicking, but it's not to the – it's not as you would expect from a proper point and click adventure. It's just right. – you use a mouse and therefore it's point (laughs) and click. So, um, but I mean, and you know, this is one, this is one of those games. I'm going to say that if you have not played this yet, just um, spoilers of this episode is that I really, really like this one. And I think it would probably be your best experience if you just um, uh, go on and play it before you really hear what we have to say. Now we're going to go a little bit into this game uh, spoiler free, if you do need a little bit of convincing, uh, but I really recommend once we do hit, I, I'd really recommend you just stop now. But if you really do need that extra convincing, listen for a bit. Once we hit spoilers, tuck and run. Yeah, yeah. You're like, buddy, I'm in, I'm in traffic, and this is all I've got to do right now. Please, please keep talking in a way I can listen to, <laughs> and we will do that for you. Yeah, it's, it's. I was. I was completely, this game wasn't how I expected it in, I think, any sense of the meaning. No, no, absolutely not. In a good way, in a good way. And it's not like I expected it to be a bad game either. I I was just completely impartial, neutral to to what I might experience. And and it was was shocking. It was really cool. I I was actually expecting it to be good because I was looking up. You know, as much as I love cyberpunk, I actually, uh, I I just realized that I kind of really haven't played a lot of cyberpunk games, or at least um, ones that... I, I could really talk about that you've also played. So I figured we'd at least do like a level playing field where we both have to play the game. So I looked up a list to see like, okay, what are some of the best cyberpunk games out there? Especially if it's indie, 
uh, or classic, classic or indie, one of the two. And uh, this was top of the list. And I was sort of like, really now? Top of the list, you say? Um, so, I mean, I had high standards. Uh, I didn't really go in like, you know, with my arms folded being like, this better be the best ever or anything like that. <laughs> but, you know, um, I did go in with optimism saying like, oh, I heard this is really good. I hope this is really good. And it was really good. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty similar. I, from, from everything I'd heard, there was definitely some buzz around it. So, so I, I, was was cautiously optimistic, but but I wasn't quite as ex- I wasn't expecting it to be uh, good in the sense that you were because I was put off initially just by the idea of of like these mini games for puzzles and things like that. Where I was like, yeah, all right, we'll see. I, I don't know. I was oddly skeptical going in. I'll say, mm-hmm. um, and all that was kind of it doesn't matter for not because it ended up being really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess one of the things I would say while we're in the uh, spoiler-free territory is that uh, if you need a game to kind of... Like, there's really not any game I can think of that I can point to and say it's kind of like that. Uh, but if you do want sort of in the rough ballpark area, I will point out that um, I was actually... Um, for the benefit of the listeners, you know this full well. I actually texted you while I was playing this and said, I will bet anything that this is by Lucas Pope who did Papers, Please. Because right. the the art style in some of the scenes were like spot on, like sort of like the way the gameplay was very, um, you know, uh, controlling the manual tasks and all that seemed very much like in the whole starting simple and adding in new elements to uh, complicate things and all that. Uh, I was so convinced that this was uh, the guy who did Papers, Please did this one. And I was so surprised that it wasn't. <laughs> Because uh, I did look it up, and it was a uh, it was a three person development team, and uh, which was also surprising once um, to know that it wasn't Lucas Pope, and it was still a very minimal team that put something together of this high quality. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I, I guess if there's anything to kind of compare it to, I'd say if you liked Papers Please, you would probably like this game. Yeah, game wise, that's a fair comparison, and and I guess uh, I, I would add a branch to that and say it, it's. Games aside, it reminded me of uh, like Blade Runner meets Black Mirror, I guess. Right. Um, as far as as far as the story, yeah, and it very much had the aesthetics of, of Papers, Please. I was I was well into that conspiracy theory of yours. <laughs> well, I'll go into uh, I'll go into comparisons and especially contrasts with uh, Blade Runner once we get to the spoiler section. Uh, but it will involve mild spoilers, which I'd rather save till then. But uh, if if there's anything you would like to elaborate on while we're in the in the safe space of the show. <laughs> That's where you can't call me names no more, um, or or yell text at me. Oh, I can't even cover that because that's that covers spoilers too. Yeah. Well, that being said, yeah, I guess we, <laughs> I guess we should move on to to spoilers just so we're both not all hesitant well, well, not, and finicky not about it. Just yet. Just I, I do want to say one thing is that um, I, I guess it's um, if anyone is already familiar with this game and familiar with a little bit of its um, of its criticisms, there's this slight bit of a elephant in the room that you might be expecting us to bring up um (laughs) this game is uh it's very inclusive and it deals with various issues of the lgbtq plus community uh i thought it was really well done i'm very supportive of it i thought it was great i think it was awesome personally uh any criticisms that people might have about some of it is not in my realm to comment on 
Yeah, I I second and third that I, I'm I, I'm just too, I'm too scared to say anything. So I'll just say <laughs> yeah. if if you if you did jump online and and uh, see any uh, see an article uh, that that heavily criticizes it, I want to say lambast it because that sounds like dramatic and what you'd say now, but I'm not confident I know what that means. So if you see uh, <laughs> if you see this article that that really slams it, I'll, I'll just simply say that the. Uh, one of the three developers uh, is a trans woman. Uh, another one of the developers is her boyfriend. So I side with them. I, I assume that mm-hmm. the views and everything was handled um, correctly uh, by by them because they know better than anyone else. In other words, if if they made it, we can like it. I I, I do agree that to um, a fair extent. I would. I'm just going to say that this is nothing that I have any f- um, real insight towards. So I I don't know. Uh, it was pretty much news to me some of the issues that were brought up so i really just i don't have any full formed opinions on it one way or the other be- just because of the fact you know i'm claiming complete total ignorance on this i am a 100% straight cisgendered male i i don't even think i have any real say in this exactly yeah yeah as we as we texted last night uh, nobody nobody wants to hear two straight dudes talk about you know how, how <laughs> yeah. you know that community should feel about things and i'll, I'll leave it on this I, I won't go into detail but hey everyone likes a little bit of a little bit of gossip or whatever there's definitely definitely some some intrigue behind the curtains and, and again we are kind of i mean if it feels like we're dwelling on this like we're making it a big deal we're Really not. We're just saying this is just a lot of words all just to come across the uh, the point that um, we're just not going to comment. Okay, so with all that said, I think we will go into spoiler territory now, or at least you know not necessarily that we're going to go out of our way to spoil the game. Like we're going to keep it fairly light, but we're also not going to be as careful about what we say from here on in. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because I mean. We'll mostly just be kind of picking apart, you know, how how the game was, uh, as as we did with Neo Feud and most other games we cover. So it's yeah, we're mm-hmm. not not trying to just jump to the last page in the book here on you on you lot. It's all right. Uh, we're really just going to talk about like you know what was cool about it, a few parts that stood out, and you know the general game mechanics, of which there are quite a bit, quite a few mechanics throughout this game. It really kind of changed it up quite regularly. Yeah, they really did. Um, I I'll, I'll kind of start on on that note with the i i think i don't like to i don't want to call them mini games because it was that phrasing that made me a little hesitant to play the game because they don't come across when i think mini game i think of like like mobile device kind of games or, or whatever um, technically it, they are mini games um but at the same time they're kind of not like they're just there's sections of the game where the uh, gameplay varies from different sections so uh, you know, at the very beginning, you're sculpting personality implants. Uh, later on, you're mixing drinks. And then later on, you're playing a hacking game. And it's not like, oh, you just got to do this to get past this puzzle. These are defined sections of the game where that is the gameplay. That's that's the the, the meat right there. That's exactly mm-hmm. that's exactly why I enjoyed it, and and that also covers why I, I kind of feared it because I thought it was just going to be, I don't know. Here's a very familiar looking mobile sort of game that you have to do, and this is the puzzle. It wasn't like that at all, which to my relief, uh, it, like you said, it, it fit the the context and the story and the story's progression of the game. Um, and they were pretty fun to do. I enjoyed them all except for the sculpting. I found that to be a little frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I I. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was frustrating. It was just pointless. It was just sort of like, okay, I did it once. I know I can do this. There is absolutely nothing to this. So why are you making me do it so many times? Right. Um, yeah. 
But again, uh, it's barely worth the criticism to point that out for me because it's really, okay, well, let's just get through this because it was a thing. Um, Yeah. No, I agree. And I should make that that waiver real quick too. But at no means that I actually like dwell on it or get, you know, agitated. I probably just had a, oh, this again. Like that was the worst it got by no means. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know. I, and plus, I, like, I can't think of anything else to do in its place. Like, it, it it just worked the way it was, and it it, it was an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so getting back to what you were saying about Blade Runner, um, it, it's kind of interesting because we covered in the Blade Runner episode a couple weeks ago about how um, it, you know, it it started off there was like uh one of three different random storylines that were determined for you. And from there you could get uh, four alternate endings a piece. So you basically came across this whole uh, pyramid scheme of different um, <laughs> uh, endings that you could possibly get. Interestingly enough, this kind of does the reverse approach where it's very hands-on. You can choose very early in the game, which store like it it's, it's hard to really describe this because uh, any way that I try to describe it is slightly off. Um, but basically, at the very beginning, you kind of basically choose certain parameters of the story that's going to take place. And from then on, um, like the second act is basically unraveling the story that you set into motion. And by the end of it, it you get the same ending. Like I did kind of look it up and it all kind of comes back. Uh, every, everything comes back in on itself to uh, a unifying ending for the whole thing. So... As opposed to Blade Runner that kind of branched out, uh, this game is all about picking your way to get to the end, uh, which is also really kind of cool because the game acknowledges this. This is one of the uh, best examples of a self-aware game, and that's almost even a double entendre because the whole thing about the game, and this is like a huge spoiler, is that the AI becomes self-aware and knows everything that there is to know. And what the you know crucial plot point, I'm going to stress again, this is a huge spoiler, is one of the things they talk about is how the AI's understanding of the world and the cause and effect is so elaborate that they can basically uh, pick an outcome that it desires and know all the possibilities that could lead to that point. So no matter what variables you throw into play, it'll always know how to bring you back to that point, which is basically summarizing this actual, how this game works. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the game, the AI, it, it works much like a, uh... Uh, Doctor Strange in the Avengers movies where it just sees all the possible uh, ways that things could come to an end. But it, what it does well is, you know, it, 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 that's a very believable and, and more than acceptable explanation as to, to why your, your random choices will end up there. And furthermore, it, it adds to that kind of dystopian feel to, to the cyberpunk genre because th- there's this looming inevitability because of that. Where it's just yeah. like you know, it doesn't matter what you do. That you know, it's it's inevitable, um, which you know just fits that that sort of hopeless feel so well that, that yeah. no matter what you do. But as you said, it, it is really hard to describe uh, the, your choice making to get there. I guess I could say it: um, the choices you make in, in let's say mixing Larissa's drink or whatever, it's you can nudge nudge the game into a slightly different path going forward. A lot of what determines the story that you have is right at the beginning where you do the um, the rogue implants on the executives. 
And basically the the very first puzzle that you do is you um you you sculpt these personality implants and then you assign the right one to the people that need it. And that is very straightforward. Uh there's only one solution each. If you go with the ones that are obvious, they'll come back and say, "Oh, well, that's what they thought they wanted, but turns out things went wrong." So, you know, what else can you give them? And right. it'll keep going. It'll keep, because I played around with this a little bit. It'll keep going until you give them the right one. And since this is the very first time I ever played through it, I was kind of like, oh, well, if you're going to tell me which one I have to give them, then why don't I just watch this on YouTube? Like, where's the actual, you know, <laughs> why am I going to be playing this? Uh, and then right after that, they do, okay, here's the second round of clients that you need to give implants. And then a little bit of a cutscene happens where somebody bursts in and says, like, okay, well, here's, we're going to do things differently now. Here's some new implants. And from this point on, um, it lets you give whatever implant you want to these, to the next round. These are like the higher up executives of the, um, of the big mega corporation. And since the game already taught you sort of like to think about what you're giving people and the effects, um, that you could cause once you get to this point it'll be like here's your three options here's three people give them whatever you want and we'll run with it yes yeah see you laid that that was laid out really clean i like that i feel like i'll muck it up if i elaborate on that (laughs) (laughs) and and like i said from there like that that's kind of like kind of the first act and from there um the rest of the game is basically unraveling what you've set into motion so you go through all the, um, the rest is sort of a persuasion game. You kind of decide, um, using these drinks to get people into certain various moods and mental states in order to plug them for information. And the goal is basically just to sort of understand what's going on. And by the time you get to the third act, it's very straightforward from there. You basically just, here's the ending. So much so that they actually, the game starts. The very first thing you see in the game is one of the main characters falling to his death. And that's not a spoiler because that's literally, I think that's probably before you even get to any sort of a menu. They're just sort of like, oh, well, I'm dying now. How did we get here? And, you know, and that's exactly it. Like any choices that you can make um, are important to your understanding of the game but it'll always lead to that moment no matter what you do. So it's, and it's great. That's cool because that's a good way to do that. That illusion of choice to an inevitable end um, is actually really well done because of, like you said, the themes that uh, the game kind of presents to you. I, I think this is actually probably one of the best, especially off the top of my head, probably like up there with some of the best sci-fi I've actually encountered in a video game before, like ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, and that goes back to my kind of shock towards the game and, and how much I, I, how much I really enjoy it because I, I was expecting like best case scenario would be like, you know, just a solid good video game. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, eight out of nine stars, however that all works. <laughs> but I ended up leaving. Eight plus with out a, of 10. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math when it came to ranking. <laughs> um, but, but I, I ended up leaving with like a, like an experience. I'm like, shit, this was, this was like one of, like you said, one of the, the best portrayals of, of sci-fi or at least cyberpunk that, that I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it, it stayed, 
stayed very true to the Blade Runner spirit of of cyberpunk, um, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm sure people on the internet right now somewhere are arguing that that was the the first cyberpunk thing ever because people all get weird about what was the first of what. But <laughs> you know, lot, point is, is like you know, if you've done right by by Blade Runner when it comes to cyberpunk, you've probably done a good job. And and this game does a really takes the 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 infamous notion in Blade Runner of what does it mean to be human it really takes that and and it runs with it and it kind of expands on that it's like you know what let's let's actually instead of just talking about that again let let's mm-hmm. you know let let's see what's like on the next page regarding that whole notion it definitely expands on that which was a, a total surprise yeah I mean and I also have to point out like when I say that this is like the best sci-fi that i've played in a game i have to i have to kind of point out uh, how i basically define the semantics of science fiction uh because everyone has this is one of those things where everyone has a slightly different working definition of it um i'm sure whatever if you look it up in a dictionary you might be able to contradict my personal definition but this is my kind of personal what i run with when it comes to defining science fiction and i take it at a, a fairly literal uh position where it's science fiction, as in it's dealing with fictional science. So it takes a scientific theory, um, a fictional version of a scientific idea, and just kind of explores what happens with that, right? So it's not just like, oh, someone has a laser and pew-pews. That's not, to (laughs) me, you know, science fiction, right? It's not like, uh, oh, just because something takes place in space doesn't necessarily make it science fiction. It's like... yeah, again, you could sort of twist my words around and say, oh, well, that deals with fictional science. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, you know, the whole idea of the story is to explore a scientific idea that's fictional, basically, but also still kind of plausible. Um, you know, it's just sort of, I have a very, all this to say that I just have a very specific idea of what science fiction means. And it really is sort of uh, kind of, it, it's not just that it takes place in the future, it's just, it was really cool in just sort of coming up with this idea of what could happen, what might happen, and presents to us what they think would happen. Right. No, that's, that's really well put. It's, it's, if anything to, for the listeners, it's, uh, it's good to know that, that you hold, you hold a very high standard for, for what you call sci-fi. So that, that mm. should make the, the compliments towards the game even, even higher. You know, in other words, you know, I can't, I can't, you can't say Space Quest is, is, uh, sci-fi just because it's in space. Let's not deep dive into that. I'm just, just for a loose example. And, um, and, you know, for, for people to kind of understand, like, okay, this, there's, there's, there's actually quite a, um, a rules of adhesion f- f- to call it that. And, and this passes that N ranks is one of the better ones. It just speaks higher yeah. for the game. And of course, yeah, like I said, I, I'm not going to disqualify because you use, something like um, Space West as an example, I'm not going to disqualify uh, anything like Star Wars or Space Quest from being technically real sci-fi. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying like this is one of the best. Because like, of course, um, you can go into whole, oh yeah, well the physics is fictional in this game because there um, there's, shouldn't be gravity where gravity obviously is or something like that, right? It's like, well that's... Correct, but it's also kind of weak sci-fi if that's the only thing you can really pick up, right? But, uh, right. uh, you know, this one is actually the entire story revolves around an idea that they came up with, which deals with fictional science. And that's sort of like, you know, it's that's the science fiction in this is really strong. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I, we got to be careful. You, you mentioned Star Wars, and that's that's a great way to to get everyone to forget everything in the episode, and then oh, just know, argue about the Star Wars thing. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's that whole argument that oh, there's science fiction versus uh, space fantasy, and um, you know, Star Wars is more of a space fantasy, whereas something like Star Trek is more science fiction. And well, I mean, you know. I don't want if I don't want to take a side is because like I said I don't want to spark a debate about this. I'm just going to say that hey if if, if you want to stretch the definition of sci-fi to include pretty much everything, go right ahead. I'm just saying that there uh even if by those terms um there's still strong science fiction and weak science fiction and I just think that uh Red Strings Club is just like some of the strongest science fiction I've come across in a video game. Right, and for, for listeners, you should you should really respect Rick right now because it, it takes a lot of self control to not choose a side. <laughs> because uh, what's fun about choosing a side? Well, I've on a chosen podcast, a side. I'm just not going to reveal it verbally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's tough. Because I mean, if you wanted to reveal it, that that's where self control comes in. Because it's quite fun to do on a podcast because no one can nobody can argue back. I mean, yeah. we could we could just bloody take the next two hours just just driving it home. Damn, now I want <laughs> to. Now that you put it like that. <laughs> But yeah, this uh, on a sort of different note, this game, um, the intro being the beginning. Well, first of all, I guess it's kind of hard to spoil a game that that shows you the last scene first. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, but uh, you know, I've seen that not a lot. It's not like it's been beaten to death or anything. But I've, obviously, we've all probably seen it before. And this this game did it really, really well. Yeah. It's it it's it's hard to. It's more of a movie hard- trope than a video game trope. That's true. That's yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because it's 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 amazing that it came away such a high ranking game in our opinions when it started with somebody falling to their death and all but looking at the camera like you know I bet you're wondering how I got in this bloody position. <laughs> well, let me tell you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not since not since American Beauty, I think, has has that been done so well. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to like that movie anymore. But anyway, oh, I still do. I don't I care what anyone too. says. um yeah this the the game asks like you said with the definition of science fiction it it explores you know the the idea behind again a lot of the blade runner things a lot of questioning of humanity um, but it also deals with you know how we might handle technology where it's probably inevitably going i mean if if the if uh, if we survive and and don't destroy the earth, we'll, we'll definitely get there uh, to a point where where you can make you know changes to your physical self or whatever. Um, one of the I think the easiest examples to to vocalize would be um, somebody wants to be popular on social media, so you can either give them that or you can give them something that'll take away their desire to be popular. And mm. I like that kind of conversations that it starts in that regard because I, one, it's, it's, it's just fun and fascinating, but, but two, I do feel like we're not that far away from these type of things. Um, so it's almost, it would almost kind of behoove us, if you will, to, you know, talk about it now. And, and so that was kind of cool. And it got mm-hmm. me thinking, like, you know, w- w- would you go for, you know, the gratification and then all the the negative attention and blah 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 that, that comes with, or would you just want to have that desire taken away? That's it, kind of that's kind of a cool, fascinating thing to just just think on for a bit. 
And what's great about this game, this is one of those few cases of a game where like what you answer ultimately doesn't affect the game except for just to appease your own personal ethics. Um, mm-hmm. Even if not anything more than just saying what you want to say. But it was kind of interesting because they um, there's one part of the game where they kind of ask you, okay, well, you've been playing this character that's all about free will. Uh, and you know, you've been so offended and alarmed at the idea that they're going to put these um, basically mod chips or implants into people in order to control their emotions so that everyone will be happy all the time. And um, at one point, you kind of convince one of the characters who sort of uh, actually has a lot of control over how this is going to play out once it comes into effect. And they say, okay, well, if this does, if you can't stop this and this goes into effect, um, how, where do we draw the line on some of these ethical dilemmas? He's like, okay, well, that's, that's good. Let's, let's establish this. And like, okay. Um, will, will we allow, and I forget exactly what the first few questions are, but they're pretty like easy. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. It's like, will you allow people to be depressed? It's like, yeah, let people be depressed. That's part of the human experience. Oh, will you allow people to do this? And it's like, or to commit suicide. And it's like, yeah, we have the right to life and we have the right to, uh, end our life. And it's like, okay. Uh, should we allow rape? And it's like, oh, um, hmm, that's that's interesting, isn't it? It's like, okay, should we allow murder? Okay, that's also kind of, yeah, because I kind of don't really want to allow this if I have the chance to stop it. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, can we, should I, uh, should I allow bigotry and homophobia? Um, well, not, uh, I don't know. How about racism? Okay. Um, no, don't allow any of this. And basically, yeah. uh, you know, and by, by the end of us, we're like, yeah, I, I kind of have to redo this to think it over a little bit more because there's some things where I kind of said like, yeah, maybe we should kind of allow that just because of free will. But by the end, I sort of like, I'd said yes to ending so many of these things. I'm like, I'm just going to go back and just say what I really think. Cause um, I, um, I, I, I don't, if, if this stuff is going to happen anyways, we might as well get rid of a lot of these problems that we have. And, um, uh, here's another really big spoiler to the whole end of this sequence. And, uh, this is really something that will, uh, spoil your experience of it if you know it in advance. But then the AI tells you, sort of like, it said like, okay, you're coming across like a hypocrite. Oh, why is that? Well, because you're telling me all this stuff that you want me to control, even though you're so in favor of free will. I'm like, well, yeah, but this is just in case we fail. And in case this goes through no matter what, then we might as well use it for good. And then the, and then they tell me like, but if you just told me not to control anything, then you wouldn't have needed to stop me. Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, you son of a bitch, you played yeah. me. <laughs> I, I've never yeah. been so thoroughly played by a video game before. And it was just this fantastic moment. I was just like, son of a bitch, I can't believe you played me like that. Like, it was just, wow, just what a what a moment. No, that was a strong moment because I think we're all so used to having the final word with video games. You yeah. know, you can, worst case, you can shut it off and, and talk more shit. So it's like we're, we're very used to having the final word. And, and this was, uh, yeah, I think it was maybe the only time I can really ever think where, where I, uh, you know, the game made a point. I made a very strong counterpoint. And then the game had another counterpoint that, that you know, came over that won. I was like, shit, that was. <laughs> you know, how, how, did you, how did you answer those? What did, what did you do? It's funny that you said that I, I went back and, and answered uh, answered in a way that um, 
you know, how I truly felt because I, I always struggle with that in games. I, I tend to, I tend to be a little bit of a sociopath when I'm answering questions <laughs> in games because I'm like, you know, trying to, trying to more say the right thing, the socially acceptable thing. And, and mm-hmm. I get this weird guilt about, you know, what, saying what I really think, even though it's, it's just a video game. Um, so, so I would say that, that my answers were, were probably somewhere in the middle of, of, you know, how I actually felt and, and for some reason how I felt that I should feel. Which is, I, I, you know, a, a weird thing some of us, I guess, do, or at least my, myself with games. Um, but what I, what you kind of alluded to that, that I'll point out, I thought was really cool was as the questioning went on, I, I quickly realized, well, not quickly at all, but I, I realized that, uh, if, if I was to, if I was to answer things in a sense, in the, in the, the most morally outstanding way, then there truly wouldn't be any free will left. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you, you can't say, you know, we'll control murder and we'll control, you know, slanderous comments and, and this and that and this and that. And then at the end of the question, come out with, with a product that, that represents free will. You can't do it. So it yeah. really, it really does open that kind of conversation up as far as, you know, what you would do in that, in that situation. What is right? What is wrong? I mean, free will is the, is the, you know, ultimate driving goal, you know, of our human species or experience, arguably. And, to to take that away to keep things supposedly safe, it it was it was it was just kind of a mind trip. I, I I thought I I thought I was on top of it and was going to be satisfied with my answers until I realized that I I couldn't have it all my way. Like if I keep restricting mm-hmm. the things I don't like, then then you know I'm just in, I'm enslaving these people with with every every pass I take on these questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it it does become a real ethical dilemma because that it does become like okay, well. Yeah, we want free will, but at what cost? It's like, look, look at all the stuff that happens because of free will. And it's like, okay, so don't let that bad stuff happen. It's like, well, then you're destroying free will. And it's like, oh, God damn it. Like- yeah, yeah, it was. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of it, I think, what came down to, uh, uh, like, restricting free speech, for example. And it's like, if you if you take away, you know, freedom of speech, then then you've, you've basically taken a big old chunk out of uh, bloody uh, free will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, cause you know, my gut was like, well, of course we, we don't want people making racist remarks. Let's say that that's, that's horrible. No, we're not going to allow that. And it's like, cool. Well, with that goes free freedom of speech. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, touche. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a deep little experience. Uh, that, that was, yeah. that was what I was not expecting the most out of this game it was, uh, was to really be thinking on it. Just put me on the spot like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, so like I said, uh, I always want to be fair when it comes to these things. There was one part that I kind of didn't like about this game and it's a, it's kind of a minor point. I can't remember if I've alluded to it before on the show or if I just mostly just brought this up conversationally, but I don't like, cause other than mixing the drinks, the middle part of the game is, um, almost visual novelty where it's just kind of like a lot of just trying to discover the proper exposition so you can figure things out, uh, which is actually not as bad as it sounds because, um, you know, they they had a really good economy with words. I never really felt like I was overreading or anything was too overwritten. Everything did kind of seem like it was uh, being presented at a really good pace. But I just don't like when games will stop in the middle and quiz me on what just happened. And this game does that in the second act, where it's just sort of like, okay, well, now that you've done all that, here's a quiz. How much were you paying attention? I'm like, ah, oh, good. Like, that's not... Yeah. I, I don't like when games do that. And that's the only thing that I kind of say, like, I, I wish they hadn't done that. But at the same time, um, 
it's kind of optional. Like, everything in this game is basically optional. You'll always get to the end no matter what. There is some content that you won't reach if you fail the quiz. Uh, but there's also, like, the first couple quizzes, all you really do is get, like, a certain pill that you can use. And I never even used them. So I don't even really know how they would have affected anything. Same, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was trying to justify it in my head as you were explaining it because I, I, I don't think I, I realized it was it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a pace killer, if anything, uh, for me as well. And I was kind of thinking, like you know, maybe they they did that to to in, in to really ensure that you understand where the game is coming and then where it's heading. But I I can't really I can't really justify the need to yeah. to actually straight up you know. Uh, quiz us like that it was it well that's was... why they always do that like a lot of these games that are kind of visual novelly or you know uh borderline uh visual novel slash adventure games like you know hotel dusk or jake hunter and stuff like that they do this sort of like stop at the end of a chapter or something they say okay well let's review what we've uh, learned so far and then they'll quiz the player on like, okay, well, who said this? What is this person's motivation? And all that sort of thing, just to make sure that you're paying attention to the story. It's like, there's better ways to do this. <laughs> like, um, you know, what the best way I've ever seen a game pull that off was uh, the Ace Attorney series with Phoenix Wright and mm-hmm. uh, various other cast of characters, where it's just like, they actually turned it into a really fun game to kind of hide how much they're quizzing you. Uh, and it's, Awesome, and it's an awesome game, and uh, you know they, the the puzzles are great in, in the Ace Attorney series. That uh, the stories are fun, and you want to learn more, and you're really excited because you really feel like you're playing the game, even though it's secretly kind of just testing to make sure you're paying attention. Right, right. Uh, and you, unfortunately, that was the one thing that Red Strings Club I think didn't do very well. It really was just a blatant. Okay, that happened. Here's a quiz. What did you learn? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was the like the the kind of deadpan, uh, the, the the actual like the fact that it felt like a quiz. It, it felt like I was taking a test. It, it felt like school, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I never did like that whole experience. Um, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one, or I'll back that as well. And I, I, my, I, I do, I just have really one critique, and I, I kind of feel like a bit of a dick mentioning it because I don't, I can't think of a a way around it or a better way to do it or, or m- perhaps more so I, I i feel like removing it would would kind of break the game it would ruin a lot of the experience but uh that being said i i felt at times a little fidgety playing it and i felt a little like stuck in the scenery i guess what i'm trying to say is i, I i'm not i didn't i kind of want to say like i didn't feel like there was enough change of of scenery in the game i felt like almost i don't don't know it's a bit melodramatic to say claustrophobic but to make my point i'll use that word like like just a little like whoo been been in this bloody box for for a while now you know (laughs) (laughs) kind of hot in these rhinos let's let's maybe move to a different scene um but but you know again i i can't i you know you can't you can't just throw other scenes in the game or or make them step outside or whatever for no reason i mean there's kind of no way around it and in that i'm I'm largely sure it was probably just uh, my personal experience with it. Um, just, just getting kind of oddly fidgety, which, and I say oddly because I was really enjoying myself. So right. I, I thought it was a little strange. I, I don't think I've really experienced that many times in life where like, you know, I'm super content and I'm having a great time, but I also do feel a little fidgety. Um, so that would be pro- probably my only, only thing is, that, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, um, 
change of environments. There's, there's only a, a couple of backgrounds, a couple of rooms, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it's it's also a, a rather short game. Um, I got it. I finished it somewhere somewhere around five hours. I would say maybe maybe mm. just a bit under. Um, I, I looked on YouTube before recording to see what some of the playthroughs were, just to get an idea of you know how good or bad I, I did pacing wise. And it was uh, one of them was up there for three and a half hours. The other was up there for five and a half hours. So, so anyway, the point is you know, between a between a three and a half and five and a half hour game. Um, and that's to its credit. Like I really liked, I really liked that. I mean, they they didn't yeah. stretch it out just to stretch it out. We kind of we covered a lot of this on on the the previous episode. Um, so, so if you guys missed that, you could check it out. Whatever to get more more into that. We won't won't do it again. But um, long story short, it, it played just perfectly. I'd rather stay like you know edge of my seat for for you know five hours than than in and out for for eight or twelve or eighteen yeah. or whatever. Um, so, so it was a really, uh, I, I'm saying this is like a, a pro to the game as opposed to the, mm-hmm. a con that, that I, I really liked how, how I liked how long it was. I, I, and maybe it's just like a bloody getting older thing, but I, I'm really liking these, these games that play in like five hours or so. Yeah. It, it's per, it just seems perfect for me. Like I don't, I don't need much more than that. I'd rather get a full experience, you know, in five hours than a fragment. Well, um, I think this game does it really well because you can basically get through it, um, in an afternoon. And um, I think what it kind of banks on is, you know, it really invests itself in the story that it's telling. But what that story is, they try to let you discover it. Um, You know, the thing with Neo Feud uh, and how I felt it was overwritten was because this was a story that um, the author really wanted to make sure that we knew everything about. So there would just be like huge sections of dialogue where they're just telling us everything that's going on. Um, for better and worse. Whereas this one is sort of like, okay, I know a story. Um, let's see if you can figure it out. And so it kind of, uh, the point being that, you know, yeah, it was only about four to five hours. I can't remember exactly how long it took me, but it wasn't very long. I got through it in a day and kind of a broken day at that. Um, but I, I could really tell that it's something which I could foreseeably want to go back and play over again. So sure, the game time is only about four to five hours, but I could play it two or three times, in which case it would probably, you know, eventually become eight or 12 hours. Yeah, well, that's a great point because, yeah, I could see myself playing this again, um, you know, probably one, one more time, let's say, in, yeah, I don't know, a year or two, whenever this is, is a old enough memory to, to kind of get into it again. But, but I remember, like, when it ended, I was, I was sad that it ended because, because I was enjoying myself. Um, but, but I also immediately felt like kind of pumped up and excited to, to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you, as you covered, and we, we've alluded to that the, the ending of the game doesn't change. Um, but the story changes. So it's, 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 you know, it's not the not the destination it's the journey kind of thing it's like uh you can definitely even though you know the inevitability of the ending you can still get different uh routes to that ending mm-hmm. um and, and that seemed exciting especially because the game is based so heavily on, on moral decisions so it, you know uh, it makes me want to go back and play it again as like a scumbag uh, for example you know just yeah. just go and do just do and say all the worst things um uh, or or the polar opposite, whatever. So yeah, it's, it ha- definitely has replayability. Yeah, I mean, I guess my last word on this is is that there there is definitely replayability because there is quite a lot that you might not really grasp, or at least or I won't 
put it on you. I'll say for me, there was a lot that I didn't grasp. And the first time I played it, it kind of felt to me like they're going to give me the story. I just was choosing how they told it to me by picking which mood they had to be in. And it didn't come until a little bit later on when I realized um, the mood that I put them in and the order in which I asked these questions is going to affect how much they tell me and what they tell me. So there's a lot of information I lost out on because I didn't do things properly. And once I knew that, I played a little bit more carefully. But there's a lot of sloppiness in the first, like, probably about half the game that I kind of just took for granted that, oh, well, all you got to do is get to the end. And then I kind of realized, oh, wait, there's a lot of stuff that I'm probably missing out because I'm not doing it properly. <laughs> right. And that's that's the, that's the a great point right there because the, the game, uh, it's it, the first half hour or so, uh, I mean, 20, 30 minutes. It's, it's a little, it's a little, it starts a little slow. Um, and, and so, so many important things happen in that time that, that for, for my playthrough, my experience, you know, at, at about 20 minutes, I, I probably started getting like a little, little jittery, a little sweaty at the brow, like, all right, you know, where's this, where's this going? And, and then all of a sudden it just, it just explodes and takes off into a really fun storytelling adventure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight, like you said, played it maybe a little too fast and loose there in the beginning because I, I didn't realize that the that, that things I was I was doing, you know, were going to have consequences and change the story. Um, and if nothing else, you know, the story is is minorly complicated, so so it it offers it lends a lot to to watch it again anyway, almost like a you know a, a confusing mm-hmm. film or whatever. Like you you know, knowing having seen it loosely played out once, I'm kind of excited to go back and focus on the smaller details now that I'm not grasping at at what the big picture is. If nothing else, and just to play that, uh, that beginning part over again, where you kind of determine uh, the different personalities of the executives and how they'll be, how that'll affect the story moving on. Like it's really cool that at the very beginning, you make these, um, uh, these little choices that just have this like big ripple effect for the rest of the game. It'd be really cool just to... That's basically the structure of the game. The first act, you determine the story. The second act, you discover the story. Third act is the same for everybody. But that's you know, that's the real cool part of it. So, um, anyways, that's really all I have to say about this. Just, you know, it, it's definitely worth... Um, you know, I, I think I bought it for probably about 15 bucks or something Canadian. Probably like 10 bucks American. Uh, I, I definitely think it's worth that. Uh, I'm sure... Some people might wait to buy it on sale, but I, I think, you know, uh, the amount of work that came out of a three developer team. Um, yeah, no, I, I was, I was happy to spend what I did on, uh, on the experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's, uh, the soundtrack's phenomenal. The art's amazing, but the, the, the real standout is, is the storytelling. They, they, they got, they got a really good writer or three on that team because, uh, this, this, uh, delves into a lot of really interesting, topics and i think it separates itself from the average good well-written game mm-hmm. um in that sense just because of of what it tries to cover so yeah it's really really awesome yeah de- definitely get it I, i'd probably if 9.99 i'd nudge you to not get it on sale get it now because uh, I, I always look at it as the more, more we can try and put in the devs pockets the more of a chance we'll get another th- uh, thing from those devs so mm-hmm. bloody hook them up well uh if you have played it or when you do play it, let us know what you thought of it. Uh, we have 
social media presence pretty much everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Classic Gamers Guild. We have a page and a group. Uh, we're on Twitter at the CG Guild. We're on Instagram at CGG Podcast. And we are, what am I missing? Email. We have an email address. That's mail at classicgamersguild.com. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, we don't really do a whole heck of a lot of updates on there, but we are going to, uh, you know, when we have a little bit more time and remember to do so, we will put some, uh, um, some exclusive bonus content up on there for those of you who uh, support us. Uh, even just a dollar a month, very much appreciated. So uh, with that said, uh, I hope you give this game a go because I really do think it's uh, definitely worth your time and money. Yeah, no, I second and third that. And that, by the way, real mint, that was nice and clean the way you just ran through all that. I'll try not to muck it up. Let's just keep moving forward, keep saying words till you remember what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and bloody smash that like button, subscribe. What's up, guys? I'm sorry. I've <laughs> 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 been, been really working on my, my YouTuber personality. His name is Tyler. Um, <laughs> he likes skills and Mountain Dew. Um, but bloody, don't do murder. Unless it's Tyler. Tyler.